In life's journey, we must seek to reflect, learn, and grow. Welcome to the Road to Rediscovery with your host, Aubrey Johnson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Road to Rediscovery. I'm your host, Aubrey Johnson, and I am so excited to have you here with me. The Road to Rediscovery is about reflecting on life lessons to learn and grow from them and to take things to the next level and help others who are struggling through dark times. Now, you know, you can ask just about any successful person how they're able to continuously raise the bar and stay relevant, right? And they'll tell you that they're always challenging the status quo and they stay curious. They'll also mention the importance of cultivating that mindset throughout their teams, thus establishing a culture. My special guest has tremendous insight on this. She's a builder of communities and a process-driven problem solver, helping people continuously improve to reach their fullest potential. Before starting her own business, she helped build the largest Lego-inspired STEM company in the United States. She's also worked with the likes of Google, LinkedIn, Netflix, and a host of others to build a community of inclusion and create psychologically safe work environments where teams can thrive. Also known as the cultivator of curiosity, let's welcome Lauren Yee to the show. Hey, Lauren, how are you? Oh, no, absolutely. Thank you. Oh, the crowd still loves you. <laughs> All right. So let's just go ahead and dig into it. If you can just open up by sharing with the listeners a bit of your background, where you're from, and so forth. Let's see. Um, as Cliff Notes version as I can be. Um, so I am a Californian. I've always been there, but I've uh, traveled around, lived in multiple places within the large state that it is. Um, and in terms of my pathway and road to where I'm at now, I went to school, went, wanted to be an architect, did some design work, um, worked in that field for several years and actually was a lead designer and project manager for a well-known uh, general contractor and designer down in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And that's like the dream job. <laughs> the dream but job. Then, <laughs> it wasn't though. And then my road kind of switched and um, I stumbled into a different job where I got to play more and be curious and learn and grew from there and stayed with that company for eight years, which I actually, it kind of, acts, I didn't mean to go there. Uh, and I sort of just ended up staying because I liked it. And I never <laughs> thought that I would have been in a, a field of education management and learning. Yeah. Um, but that's where I ended up. And then that I've since left that and have started new companies and things and want to help other people do good stuff. <laughs> nice. Good stuff, man. Thank you so much for sharing that, Lauren. I mean, that's a great Cliff Notes version of, you know, of a glimpse into who Lauren Yee is, right? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. So um, obviously you, as we all do growing up, um, we have exposure to community, right? Um, our first encounter with community and what it is, and then obviously a community in your schools, a community in um, 
in your workplace, right? Community in your sorority or fraternity, if, if you know, if you join those organizations. So um, how and when was the first time that you realized your passion for community, where you were actually mindful and saying, you know, this, this is a great community, or this is a community I think I can, like, add value to? So that's a really interesting question because it definitely takes a bit of reflection, not just I'm part of one, but I can affect what's around me. And I think that probably the most formative time that that happened for me was in college. Okay. Um, I was at my university and I was part of a like Polynesian Hawaii club situation. Uh, it mm-hmm. was a social club, but also cultural. So we, it was mostly, you know, meet new people and hang out, but yeah. we learned dances. We talked about the culture. We put on an annual luau with the food and the costumes and all the stuff. Mm-hmm. So that was, um, that was something that I didn't know my first year at the university and I saw them and I was uh-huh. like, oh my God, I, I, that looks like fun. I want to do that. <laughs> and then I joined and um, I was just a member for the first year, but then I was a co-president and then president in the following years that I was there. Right. And it was just something that once I was in it, there was, there was like a, a warm, fuzzy feeling of just, I want to be in this. I want to do more. Yeah. I want to stay connected with these people. And I, I feel it back. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that something with that is, is just, there's, it's a two-way street, right? Right. The community, I need, I care about you and you care about me. And there's sort of like a safety in that mm-hmm. and just wanting to do better for each other and yes. feeling that in that environment in a pretty contained, because, you know, it's a club, right. so like you all do your own things and you're in different majors and living yeah. different places, but then you see each other a couple times a week and you're aiming towards this goal. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, more, contained than in the larger quote-unquote real world sure (laughs) sure yeah um I think that that gave me a real sense of you know what community is capable of yes 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 And, and thank you for sharing that because you know um when when we say community uh or we say culture right um People look for tangible things to say, okay, this is a community because of this, something I can see, touch, hold. Um, this is a culture because of this. But we're talking about we're talking about the intangibles, right? Yeah. Yeah, the intangibles in which in your heart of hearts, you feel those intangibles, whether it's support, uh, encouragement, um, you know, someone who cares about you, and they feel it from you. So there's a degree of energy too that is passed from person to person. Like you said, it's a two-way street, right? Absolutely. Um, You actually bring up a really great point of, Mm -hmm. I feel like when we try to think about a community, it's usually rooted in something, uh, like you said, tangible or nameable, where it's like a neighborhood or a church group or this club or your work team. Yeah. Who Like it's it's (laughs) an obvious labelable thing or group of, whoever yeah um but the thing that makes that creates the culture or energy that makes it feel like an actual community or you know where you're like my friends or my family like getting to that feeling yeah are the intangible things of trust and respect and support and um caring and those things aren't something that you can just turn on no um i mean you can in the sense but it's not going to change overnight it takes 
time mm -hmm. and commitment and consistency mm -hmm. uh, to get people to be feel on the same page because right. it it takes more than one interaction to convince somebody or change somebody's mind or to um, get somebody to understand where you're coming from usually. Yeah, no, that, that, that is true. And, and, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yes. <laughs> you know, these are things that, um, that people must be patient with. And, you know, this kind of reminds me of, um, uh, of something that I have recently gone through. Now I live in North, North Texas, but I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio. And, uh, six years ago, I moved down here as a result of my company. Okay. And so, our company decided to make Plano, Texas, its uh, North American headquarters. And so there was a group of us that came from the Midwest to move here. And there was a group of people from our other organization in Southern California to move here. And we were to coexist in a work environment under one roof. Okay. So if you can just, you know, picture this, Lauren, you have behaviors and you have habits and you have uh, just the way people work together in the Midwest coming to one place. And then you have people who are of a Southern California mindset, you know, and, uh, and, and, and their ways of working and their behaviors and, and the way they communicate coming to North Texas. And so, you know, even though we're the same company, I kind of believe there were like almost two different cultures, um, you know, of, of patterns and behaviors and habits that uh, came together that we had to find some sort of alignment. Have you ever seen anything like that with uh, clients that you've worked with? Uh, all the time. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, because I mean, because there's, it's complicated and simple yeah. in that community, community is a thing, community can have a feeling but right. also the complexity of it is that kind of like you're talking about with locations yeah i'm from california there are so many microclimates right so yes. within a community there's still i don't want to go so far as call them clicks but it's just like if you're working at a company yeah there's teams that you just work within within your yeah. own departments right and how they function within each other and how they talk to each other yes separately versus together right is maybe not different. Maybe they're not speaking the same languages or on the same timelines. Yes. Uh, in real, in regular non-work life, it's yeah. the same thing of uh, my experience is different than your experience. My experience is different than my sister's experience. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So we're closer than others, but we still have our own versions of what we're bringing to the table. And yes. so much of it is there's a phrase that I feel like I've been saying a lot lately, which is, do you want to be right? Or do you want to understand? And the exactly. understanding part is the point of coming together and being able to meet people where they're at or being willing to meet people where they're at. Right. And hopefully it's reciprocated as well. Nice. Um, that's like what I think is a really great foundation yes. for things to actually flourish. Otherwise it's a little bit bump, a bumpier road. Right. Yeah. It would be a little, little, little more bumpy than, uh, if you then if you did go that route so um all right great so you have worked with clients in which you've seen this type of challenge um and you you help them to strategically develop a plan in a way to align um as part of that community part of that culture so it, it is a psychologically safe work environment 
um, where, where people know that they have each other's backs and, uh, and, and, you know, no one's out to railroad the other, right? Is that right? Uh, yes, uh, in, okay. a, in, a, in a generalized sense. Yeah. Like what we've talked about of it's psychological and the thinking and what you're yes. coming to the table with. Yes. Um, in a much more general way, the thing that matters for any group that you're talking to is it is that understanding piece. Um, I've, we've talked about how I've claimed cultivator of curiosity because yes. I feel like that's so much of how you can do that. Mm -hmm. um, it's about asking questions and wanting to understand yes. um, versus just saying your piece and being ready to argue with someone versus right. understanding where they're coming from, why they don't understand what you're saying. Um, maybe the fact that you aren't talking about the same thing or you are just in different words. Yeah, yeah. Um, communication is clearly very important. Yeah, yeah. Um, so these are all very umbrella topics mm -hmm. that will matter in different ways to different people and groups and things like that. Yeah. But those are those are the sort of guideposts uh, or values of how to community build and just whether it's community or, or just working together. Yes. At least a little bit. Yes. Yes. <laughs> those those are the big things that lead to everything else, I think. Nice. Nice. Awesome. So let's talk about that name for a minute, Cultivator of Curiosity, right? I love the name, first of all, but um, just, just for, uh, um, for, for my clarity and the clarity of the listeners, um, when we say the name Cultivator of Curiosity, um, is, it, is it double faceted? In other words, um, what, could that possibly mean, say, um, you have a lot of curiosity. And so when you're working with clients, you're asking a lot of questions so that you can understand. Okay. And does it also mean that in working with your clients and, and people in teams and groups, you teach them to be curious so they can seek to understand. Um, and seeking to understand, like you said, is, 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 is what, people need to have and it has to be reciprocal in order for them to be cohesive right so yeah. so the cultivator of curiosity um does it mean both things i i like to think so <laughs> okay <laughs> I great think, because i i do think that i'm a a naturally curious person yeah uh whatever someone's gonna tell me i feel mm -hmm. like i tend to have several follow-up questions because i want to understand and right i'm a very logic process oriented brain. So I'm just like, well, how did that detail fit into this? And then yes. what does that mean? Yes. Just because I want to understand the bigger picture of yes. whatever you're telling me, whether it's, we got a dog and like you live in New York and you have no outside space. Like, <laughs> is it a big dog? Is it a little dog? Right, or right. If it's a bigger, you know, our company is trying to do this thing and we're hitting this crate, like whatever it is, I want to mm -hmm. understand the bigger picture. So I have a lot of questions because I want to learn and I'm curious. Uh, I try not to have it go too far into like interrogation style. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, yeah. Because I just want to, I want to learn and understand where you're coming from. So that's yeah. my, my side of it. But I do think that I do want to also cultivate curiosity in others. Yes. And some of that is teachable because every, so much in life is a practice. Right. And there's, you know, there's so much that's knowledge, but there doesn't always feel like application. So yeah. That's a great self-help book, but I don't know what to do with this now. Mm -hmm. So some of it is practice and some of it is for me when I, 
come into these situations, it's a, a leading by example sort of a thing. Gotcha. And it, community culture wise, I also strongly believe that um, like leading by example, it's just you're, if I ask a question, mm -hmm not to be right, but to understand, right. I'm creating a space for you to give me an answer. Yes. That is not quote unquote, right. Or wrong. it's just an answer. Right. And we're going to go from there. And that can really open gates of communication for people to feel like they can actually say things or can actually speak up or can actually share a deeper part of a story that they might not. But if you ask the question, they're, they're thinking, Oh, you actually want to know. <laughs> right. Um, because I also feel like in this world, I'm kind of jumping further away for a minute, but it, we've, we've gotten a lot of um, like second nature automatic response, like the, how are you, how is it going? Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Nobody wants to the like, oh my gosh, everything's terrible and this. No. Not nobody wants to know, but nobody's gonna say that. No, they're not. Not from the get-go, at least. No, no, it's like a rubber stamp. Oh, I'm fine. Yeah, you it's know. just like the present here, good. Yeah. The, like yeah. you don't it doesn't actually it has come to not actually mean what you're saying. You can't and engage so you, that way. Yeah. Yeah. And uh -huh. so if I were to say, like, hey, how's it going? And you're mm -hmm. just fine. <laughs> but I'm just like, well, like, cool. Like what, how's your family? Like, nice. how's the job? Like, what are you up to lately? What are right. you looking forward to? It's more questions, but I'm giving you an opportunity to give me a real answer yes. instead of the automatic fine. Meh, right. Meh. Right. Love it. Love it. No, thank you for uh, emphasizing that point, Lauren. I mean, that is truly, truly, um, valid, right? I mean, uh, this is something that's relative that people do today. I mean, hey, how's it going? How, how's your day going? Oh, it's okay. You know, fine. Um, and that's not really, it's not really engaging. And, and, and uh, you know, part of our work that we do in trying to help people learn how to, you know, interact with each other, um, I, I, you know, I'm sure you do this as well, is to, you know, to, to, to teach them and show them how to, uh, how to change their mindset in the way they respond when someone says, how are you doing? Right. Um, and, and the person who's asking it, don't just ask it as a matter of routine, be truly genuinely interested in how they are doing. Right. Absolutely. Um, there's also even individual, if you are, if you don't necessarily have the quote unquote power, if like, if you don't feel like you can change a culture, yeah. like I'm just, a, I'm just part of this and my boss or the leader of this group, whatever, mm -hmm. uh, there are versions of doing that too, where are little, there's little, little ways, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, a different version when we used, when we used to be able to meet new people yeah. <laughs> at events that are more virtual now. Uh -huh. Um, but you know, there's also the other question of, um, like, nice to meet you. What's yes. your name? Where are you from? Right. I don't know how much people do they care or not. Where are you from? <laughs> what do you do for a living? Or like, yeah. what do you do? Like, what do you do? And sometimes people care. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it just feels like these are the questions that I'm supposed to ask to get to know you. Right. And I sometimes have gone the route of, you know, I'll, I'll answer. I'm not trying to be sneaky and yeah. get around questions or try to be funny or anything right, like right. that. But you know, when people might ask you like, Oh, like, what do you do? Like, what do you do? Mm -hmm. 
Well, I uh, I really like to draw. And, <laughs> there you, you know, go. Like, That's I right. I like to go for a walk sometimes when it's nice, but yeah. you know, and if it's too hot. Those are things you do. <laughs> and that's, I'm not, not answering their question, but it's also almost challenging the status yes. quo of, yes. Cause you know, if someone's just like, oh, I'm an accountant, like how yeah. much do you have to say back to that most of the time? Right. Like not a lot. It's just, it's just a fact, but it doesn't in, invite um, conversation or understanding. A further dialogue. It's yeah. just, yeah. it's like the pulling teeth of like question, answer, question, answer. Gotcha. But we want deeper answers. Yes. Something more meaningful, thoughtful, right? Yeah. Rather than like the yeah. Scantron test, we want like a fill in the blank test. Totally. Totally. Sweet. So um, obviously in starting your business, uh, it doesn't come without challenges. It doesn't come without obstacles. Um, can you share with the listeners um, your mindset in overcoming these challenges? You know, um, obviously, I don't know what some people, when they're met with the challenge, you know, it's this big sigh. And then from there, you know, they just kind of shake it off and then um, then have a, a mindset for resolve, right? Um, uh, share with the listeners, if you can, your mindset in meeting those struggles and those challenges when starting your business. Um, and and, and, and the, the, I guess the, the way of thinking or the pattern of thinking that you had to adopt uh, in overcoming those challenges. I'm going to actually reference my childhood for a second. Um, okay. Because I feel like I was, uh, both of my parents are no longer around, okay. um, but I learned a lot from them and love them still. Yes. And was lucky enough to, to glean enough um, from them in their time that they were here. Mm-hmm. And growing up, you know, my dad, had um, a phrase that he would often say, which is, it is what it is, but it wasn't ever like a, oh, well feeling. It was more of a moving forward version. Like, well, it is what it is. And like, he wouldn't say it, but like, now what? Yeah, now what, right. Like, we kind of like joke, like it could be like, whatever you come to him with, Mm -hmm. he'd just be like, well, what are you going to do now? Like, it's it's not, there's nothing (laughs) that you can change about what happened. And I think that kind of, having that in my life has has helped me be a curious person and be able to sort of meet challenges with a curiosity and possibility versus it being a hamper like harrowing experience of oh this huge hurdle it's like yes it's a hurdle but I can't change that so what are the options that I have um and it's a hard thing it takes like everything it takes practice Yes. But trying to consider things as um, operate, it sounds so ter- bad when you're like, oh, this terrible thing or this terrible challenge is here, but it's an opportunity. Like, I'm just going to see it as an opportunity. That's right, a hard right. switch to make. But yeah, it is. So, in terms of labeling it that way, maybe it's not that, but thinking about it in the sense that you can't change what it is. Right. So, what can you do to move forward? Yes. Um, it reminds me of a, thing that I've been talking to with some people about how, uh, to me, curiosity is about learning and questions. Yes. Um, and when you're a kid, I feel like I reference being a kid a lot because it, it there's so much about your brain as a kid that I just oh, want sure. to bring back into the world or right, into like right. the adult world. Yeah. Um, when you're a kid, you go through that time in your life, right? That's mm-hmm. the, the 
why, why is that? Why? And then the adults are like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I want to almost bring that, have people bring that back because mm-hmm. that why curiosity is the questions for learning questions for future questions to bring shape to something that's going to help you moving forward. Right. Right. I feel like because of the way we've gotten through life to adulthood and that's kind of been s- smashed down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, when we, when we tend to ask questions, it feels like it's more negative or um, the rumination backwards version. Like, why didn't I do that? If only I said that. You can't change that though. So going forward thinking like, okay, how could I, like, could I have done this differently for the next time versus just sitting in the past part? Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. Because that, I mean, you know, it's good for reflection for the future, but to live in the past isn't really going to help you progress. Not at all. If you Absolutely. don't, if you don't make that shift at a certain right. point. Right. Um, and I think that that, like that awareness, mm-hmm. like taking a deep breath and being like, okay, ask yourself a question. Like, is that question helpful for moving forward? Yes. <laughs> because yes. sometimes it is and sometimes it's not. Right. Sometimes it might be somewhere in the middle, but like, can you shift it one way versus sitting in rumination and like in a dark cave versus to curiosity for future thought for moving forward for progress and like go out the go out go to the go to the light (laughs) yeah yeah um yeah i feel like that that it really is in questions and what are you questioning um like the the i don't know if the object of the questions but what's the point of your question right the point of the question and um and having that curious mindset you know, when faced with adversity, you start thinking about, okay, what are my options? Uh, how can I manage this? You know, um, is it something I can control? Is it something that I can't control? What do I need to do to move on from it, right? Um, yeah. and, and, and that curious mindset, uh, it sounds like, you know, from what your father has mentioned by saying it is what it is in such a way to say, look, accept what you can't control and mm-hmm. have a plan to move on, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that is awesome, awesome. And you know what? That is valuable, very valuable pieces of information that you just shared with the listeners, Lauren. And I want to thank you for that because, you know, we have a lot of a lot of the listeners are really, you know, kind of like um, sometimes, just like all of us, we get in a rut, you know. And uh, when we're in a rut and we have like uh, a lot of different challenges from different facets or areas of our life, and it's to the point where all of them are a priority now, it's easy to get overwhelmed, you know? Um, And, and, and so, and so, you know, it's hard for some people to have a way or have a solution, you know, in, in responding to, you know, mountainous, uh, piles of despair and adversity and challenges. And so um, this gives them a great, a great uh, strategy or plan in addressing, you know, the, uh, the obstacles and challenges they've had. So thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do. I love questions. One other actually thing that I'll mention about that, that, yeah, because uh, it, you know, you want to ask yourself questions from time to time, deep, deep breath, like, what am I trying to do? Yeah. Is that helpful? Is, yeah. a, is a general basic one. Right. But also I think something that can try to shift your mindset. Cause again, it's hard to just be like, I'm positive now. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that's not, that's not how that works. 
Um, it takes practice. I think mm -hmm. that, um, like I mentioned about like negative versus positive or rumination versus right. forward thinking curiosity. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that even though it's kind of positive, sometimes positive thinking comes out negatively, which sounds like a weird thing. But my example being um, when you are wanting to try something new, whether it's just, I want to take a trip somewhere or I'm going to go to this job and whatever it might be. Yeah. And you're nervous and you're talking to friends or something like that, or yeah. maybe a friend is talking to you. Mm -hmm. um, trying to shift your words ever so slightly because often the phrase that we like lean into or go towards is what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> right, right. And right. that's like, well, well, the worst thing that could like, uh, like, th like things come crashing down and it's terrible. Like it's terrible. You're asking me yeah. to think about the worst, yeah. but you could also ask like, what's the best thing that could happen? Right. Both of those are very real possibilities. It's like a coin flip in the sense of what you're asking or yeah. what your answers can be, but they're like the opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. And there are, there's connections that can happen in your mind too, where if you're saying what's the worst that can happen, you're thinking about all the bad things and it's making you nervous. And then you're like, even subconsciously yeah. then looking for them. But if you think like, what's the best thing to that could happen? Or how could this get any better? Then you're yeah. trying to think of all the good things. And even though you might not be actively thinking it, when you sort of condition prime yourself that way, yeah. you're more prepared to see the good or, or be ready for opportunities rather than all the scary hurdles sure, um, in sure. that way when you're asking yourself or helping somebody else and they're asking you. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, another, it's another little way to just even be aware of, even if you can, don't change it right away, just noticing when you say like, oh, it's the worst that could happen. You're like, oh, I said, I said worst. <laughs> yeah, it gives you that negative connotation a little bit. Um, but like you said, awareness is the key. Yeah, having awareness is, is definitely, uh, definitely the key. So um, wanted to ask you a question regarding a team's culture, um, or a group's culture, um, or, or maybe, you know, the environment that they work in. So how does a team's culture, um, or, or the work environment, um, how does that contribute to the team's productivity and meeting their goals and objectives? Uh, I hope that makes sense. <laughs> uh, if it's yes. a good culture, uh, okay. does that have an impact on productivity and, uh, and, and meeting objectives versus a bad culture? Or does one impact the other? I definitely think that it does. Yeah, um, yeah. Because, I mean, we're, we're full humans. And I can compartmentalize some things if I need to. But it's, it's hard to separate feelings from work, from like event, like things that happened in the right. past. So we're, even though we can separate that a little bit, it's really hard to. So being able to be in an environment where you feel um, supported, cared for, uh, respected, tr yes. like trust, like all of those hopefully good feelings where your team culture or climate, because I feel like it is like a cross section. Culture is yes. really hard to define because it's so many things and it could right. change from one week to another. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's kind of how, how it's all building from day to day today. And if you, in terms of like, if we're going work culture, right? Yeah, yeah. Because that's when a bunch of different people are coming together from different mm -hmm. households and different teams and all that stuff. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't, 
trust your manager or supervisor, mm-hmm. it's really hard to like get work done when they're telling you something and you're just like, this is a stupid idea. Right, like right. I know better. I'm the one doing this work and you're telling me this thing and it doesn't make sense. But if you can't communicate upwards and they're telling you without asking questions and just everyone's assuming that this is the way it has to be. Yeah, Everyone's yeah. just angry because it's not getting done but you're trying to get it done, but you know that it's redundant and it, it stagnates things. Um, if there's a, what I view to be a better culture, which stems on communication is a big yes. one yes. At, that then builds trust, respect, all of that stuff. Yes. Um, then if like in that same scenario, if a manager is telling you, Hey, I need you to do this thing. And you're the one on the ground being like, that doesn't, makes sense (laughs) if it's a safe enough culture um you would feel safe enough respected enough to speak up and maybe say i like i hear you Mm -hmm. and i can definitely do that however right a b c um this actually is going to take much longer than if we did it this way right what are your thoughts and if you don't feel like you can speak up at all it's, you're stuck in that first scenario. But if you right. can speak and feel like you're not gonna get in trouble for saying anything, right. work can move potentially faster or better because sometimes there are uh, disconnects in what people know or understand about something that you're talking about or something oh, sure. that you're trying to get done. Um, yeah. Especially in the sense of at work when there's leadership and folks on the ground doing the work. Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks they know, <laughs> but from one direction, either up or down, it's not always, you don't always have all the information. And if you can't talk about it, or if you're not allowed to question it, because you're going to get like thrown under a bus or like get potentially yelled at, or you're afraid there's going to be some bad negative thing coming your way. You're not going to speak up. And then it's just angry. And when you're angry, you're distracted by that. So you can't even do your work anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so I, uh, and then I'll also mention at the, uh, Lego learning through play using Lego company that we were working at. Mm -hmm. Um, I, when I managed um, one of our areas, I had like 16 staff under me who were um, running programs and things like that. And I think so much of it was that I, it, it takes time and you have to start somewhere, but being able to have open communication and, and, um, convincing your staff or your team or whoever your peers whoever that you're coming from a place of understanding and not i need to be right right matters because if something if a problem occurs and they don't want to tell you because they are afraid that's Mm -hmm. not good because then you just don't know or if they are willing to tell you you then have at least the choice to be right or understand Right. Um, and one example that I can think of this is I, like, I would always be like, okay, well, tell me what happened. All of my curious questions, tell me the whole story. I'm going to ask you some more questions so that I understand where you're coming from. Sure. And then I can problem solve with how we can move forward. I can't yes. change what you did, but we need to make a choice moving forward. And I need all the information. Totally. One of the, I mean, I don't know if it's the worst, but one of the worst things that I feel like happen can happen at companies is when people ask if something bad happens and the first or one of the first questions is, well, whose fault is it? You're like, that's not helpful. It's not. That doesn't change anything except for maybe someone's going to get fired, but no one's going to learn from it. Everyone's just going to be scared. You didn't figure out anything about moving forward. You just decided whose fault it was. Yeah. And so 
that it it can have so many problems because again it it breaks down communication and trust which does not flow well with all of those things to actually make things happen right which was no. a lot in one <laughs> in one yeah, go no I, I got you I mean in, a, in an environment like that you know um, fear kind of sets in and so does blame maybe you know, when it comes yeah. to the focus being on whose fault it is versus having a solution oriented mindset, right? Yeah, it's, it's yeah. all the, it's all the bad versions of office politics. Yes. Because yes. office politics get a really bad name because mm-hmm. it's usually all you're like, oh, it's like the gossip and like the yeah. favorites and like right. the meetings that are before and after meetings and like secret promotions yeah. and that like it gets all that bad sort of cloud. Yeah. But office politics in and of itself is like the stuff that happens that are like less structured. And there's positive versions of that too, where like, if I talk to you, I know what you're working on. I know what your issues are and mm-hmm. I can help you. Or I know mm-hmm. that you're interested in something. So I know to consider you when I, like, if there's a job opening, I'm like, hey, so-and-so, I know you were interested in this. Right. There's good versions of office politics too. It's just usually overshadowed. <laughs> no, I got you. Okay. Yeah. It is usually overshadowed for sure. And working in an office, the years that I have, including now, except I'm working from home, I've, 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 I've I've seen that firsthand for sure. (laughs) So speaking of working in an office and, and, and companies and organizations, I would love to hear your thoughts on a company that has a mission or a company that has a vision statement. As you know, there's a lot of companies that that, that operate on a mission or guiding principles, mm-hmm. um, or they have a vision statement, right? Um, one is more longer term than the other. Um, one is more action oriented, but um, are good missions and vision statements written in a way that references culture and community? I think oof, this is a multi it, it, this multifaceted answer and question. Um, I feel like, like, like you said, to me, at least in how I'm thinking about it, and maybe you think about it differently, other people think about it differently. But when I think about a like vision statement, it is much more um, end goal. Like we're trying to do this. Yeah. This is the thing we're trying to do or fix or help. Right. Um, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's the what, it's the what. And the values part is the how. Right. Which to me, the how speaks more to culture, if you will, hopefully. Yeah. Um, And it depends on if they're actually following said values. (laughs) Sure. Sure. (laughs) To say like, yes, yes, it's quote unquote culture, but if they're not really doing it, then it's just words there. Um, yeah, and it's defeating the purpose of the vision or mission statement, right? Because it, that is that that is made to align, get everyone on the same page, right? What this company is what about. What are we doing? Right. How are we getting there? That's right. That's right. Yeah. And I think that that I think that together those because um, vision statements can be more like a, a little bit more general in things, or they can be very specific. Like we're fixing this problem in right. workplaces. Yes. Um, either way, there's a that's the what and the how you get there, I feel like is the thing that shapes more of the culture because you, 
we'll get people in the same mindset who want to get to the, whatever the end goal might be. Right, right. But if they can't agree on, or if they're on a different place of the values of how they're going to get there, mm-hmm. that that's the part where you're on, like the foundational parts of where you're on the same page. Gotcha. Um, I think that that really matters. And, yeah. you know, there's a lot of buzzwords out there and mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's good, but also a big part of it is uh, actually aligning or, or, right. or following the follow through because yeah. um, we started with a lot of this talking about communities. Um, so much of it is the, what you're communicating consistently see of that mm-hmm. and follow through of that. Because if I tell you, like, if I'm your friend and I'm going to say, I'm going to send you this is a random, like, I'm gonna send you a postcard every week. Great. Yeah. yeah. Is a fr- I'm gonna send you a postcard every week. That's yeah. what I'm communicating. Mm-hmm. Consistency. Maybe I send one to you every week for like a couple months and then I get tired and then I don't send anything to you for like a month or two. Right. And then I send you another postcard and I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry, I forgot. And then I don't send you anything for a year. Yeah. So it's communication, consistency, and follow through. Because if I don't follow through, like they start to lose trust. Like it's yes. not, I'm yes. not doing what I say I'm doing or I'm right. gonna do. Right. And you know, so that that's also a thing of, you know, whatever you're gonna promise or list or say yeah. you're gonna do, you should you should do or follow or align right. with. Exactly. Um, so those like I think that the values definitely can like can absolutely um, support the culture of a company or whoever whatever's happening. Mm-hmm. if they're actually followed through with <laughs> understood no understood thank you for sharing that insight lauren really 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 appreciate it it makes a lot of sense um so uh, how can the listeners connect with you and learn more about the great work that you're doing i have many things i like to do and i'm doing um <laughs> if you're a person who's on twitter I am It's Me Lauren Yee. You can follow me there. I also gotcha. have um, two separate websites because there's one of me, which is cultivatorofcuriosity.com. Um, okay. I run workshops and do some other lo-fi coaching and things like that because I want to mm-hmm. help people. Um, but then also we mentioned another company that I have going on, which is called This Us Now. And mm-hmm. it's thisusnow.com. And we work with small businesses and we focus and specialize in information and joy to help make you better. We just want to do that in lots of different ways. And you can check out that website. Um, Those are the main places you can find me. (laughs) Beautiful, beautiful. We will make sure and have direct links to each of those social mediums, websites um, in our episode show notes. So for all the listeners, be sure to look out for these links in the episode show notes so that you can connect and learn more about Lauren Yee. Lauren, this has been a wonderful conversation. I've learned so much insight from you regarding building community and culture and how to use and leverage curiosity to to solve problems, right? To, To leverage curiosity to overcome obstacles. So, Thank you so much for sharing that, Lauren. I'd like to go into a segment uh, uh, that I call Three for the Road, okay? And in Three for the Road, that's where I ask my guests three random yet thought-provoking questions that I challenge you to answer in five words or less. So what do you think? You think you're up for it? (laughs) I am excited. I'm going to try to use less words than I usually do. All right. Fantastic. I know you'll just knock this one out of the park. And by the way, these are not cookie cutter questions. I customize my questions for all of my guests based on their specialty. Oh, 
Great. Right. I'm excited. I'm again, only a little scared. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which is a healthy thing. Okay, great. So here we go with question number one for three for the road. What can animals teach us about community? Ooh. What can animals teach us about community? I'm going to go with... It's an ecosystem. Nice. That's three that's, words. I was like, that's less. I was like, I sh don't yeah. stop talking. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Too many words. It's, it's an ecosystem. Love it. Love it. All right. Question number two. I'm drawing a scenario for you. Okay. Okay. Ready. You are the queen of the world. And as part of establishing a global culture, you set into law three foods that is eaten globally. What are they? Ooh, three foods globally. Uh, rice, it goes with everything. Pizza, because it's my favorite. <laughs> and ice cream, <laughs> something sweet. <laughs> Gotta have dessert. That's a good balance. <laughs> So rice, because it goes with everything. Pizza, which happens to be my favorite food too, Lauren. This is why we get along. <laughs> it is, totally. And then ice cream, of course. You got to have something cool and sweet to wash it down with, right? Of course. Digging it. 100%. Awesome. You are knocking this out of the park, Lauren. Question number three to top us off for three for the road. Can multiple cultures coexist in the same environment? Yes, with a level of understanding. Okay, I'm digging it. Yes, with a level of understanding. That says a lot, and it really drives the point home about uh, cultures coexisting. So, Lauren Yee, thank you so much for coming on the show. I've had a thrill. I've had a blast. Let's stay in touch, okay? I'd love to have yeah. you back on the show, um, you know, six months from now or so, to where we can update the listeners on, you know, any new projects or, or, or efforts you're working on. Is that okay? That sounds great. It's been a pleasure and I'd love to come back. Right on. Thank you so much, Lauren. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening. Like I mentioned earlier, we'll be sure to leave links to all the websites and social mediums that Lauren has mentioned in the episode show notes. A friendly reminder for you. If you could please subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Lipson, or wherever you get your shows, it would really, really mean so much to me. Also, and very, very, very much more important, if you know someone struggling through dark times, dark days, and they seem to be at the end of their rope, I ask that you please share this podcast with them. Please. The Roads of Rediscovery, it's a movement, a revolution, and guess what? You are now part of it. We're all roadies in this journey of life, and it sure feels good having you on the journey with me. Thanks again for listening. We'll chat again soon. The Road to Rediscovery is an AJ Shark production.